Hey, this episode of Bass Freaks is brought to you by MXR Bass Innovations. MXR has been a leader in guitar effects for over 45 years. MXR Bass Innovations creates bass effects pedals from the ground up, each one specifically designed for bass players by bass players. Not repurposed guitar pedals, but their overdrive, fuzz, EQ, preamp DI, octave, distortion, compressor, or chorus, these tried and true stomp boxes are designed by Dunlop's award-winning team of bassists and engineers. Go to jimdunlop.com and check out MXR Bass Innovations for your bass effects. What's up, my friends? Welcome to Dunlop Presents Bass Freaks. The Bass Freaks podcast is a place to gain some insight and inspiration, as well as learn a little something about some truly killer bass players. I'm your host, Josh Paul, and today's guest is Frank Bruno. Now, Frank is a monster bassist. He is a session and a touring bassist. Um, He's played with artists such as Miley Cyrus, Fantasia, Fred Hammond, William McDowell, and Commission, just to name a few. Welcome to the show, man. I appreciate you taking the time. What's going on? What's going on? Where are you calling in from? I am... In the great city of Orlando, Florida. Woo! Woo! You got your Mickey Mouse ears on. <laughs> there you are. Right. <laughs> Were you born there? No, I'm originally from uh, New York. Okay. I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, lived in New York for a total of years of uh, 13 years before I moved down to Florida. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Shorts and flip-flops. There you go. <laughs> we appreciate you jumping on here, man. Um, let's, no uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your history and how you started playing bass. What interested you in the bass? Okay. Growing up in New York, uh, first off, uh, I'm, I'm from a musical family. My dad is a musician. Uh, so I think it was just one of those things he wanted his, you know, his kids to, to step in a role that, you know, that he's, you know, set an example for Like, so for me, you know, growing up in church, I was always, I always found instruments amusing. You know, um, I was the kid in the kids' choir, turned looking at the drummer the entire time, you know, that type of thing. And okay. Frank was not paying attention. <laughs> Frank was too consumed with the musicians and what was happening. So, uh, you know, it was one of those things, it was inevitable. It just wound up going down like that. I started learning the drums and I actually have couple of videos of me when I was at the age playing drums at the age of four. I think I played my first concert when I was five or something like that. Man, me wild. too. Same, yeah, same exact yeah. thing. Same thing. I played with we'll my see. grandfather in the Dixieland group. He let me play and nice. I did my first gig with him at five, but okay, go yeah. on. So you started cool. playing drums. Yep. And then, um, it wasn't until I turned 11 years old where I found, I got an interest for bass. Um, and the way that happened was one night at a church service, this guy came in and seemed like everyone knew him because when he came in, you know, everybody was like dapping him up, saying what's up. And so they allowed him to play offering song and he literally ripped it on bass, <laughs> on a four string bass. And so that's when I was like, oh, let me pick this instrument up. Let me see what I can make happen. And, you know, at 11, I wasn't doing the whole lot. Um, uh, and so, you know, that's pretty much how that happened. Was a uh, history really? Um, well, first, what was your first bass? Uh, <laughs> my first bass was a four string. It was a four string Yamaha. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't bad. 
you know, for uh, a passive bass. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I got it from a, st- a music store called Ace Music. Okay. Uh huh. Um, and that's how that happened. Actually, when I bought my first bass, I had already moved down to Florida. Got so, uh, yeah. And then uh, when I got that four string, you know, I pretty much took it everywhere. <laughs> you know, I was, Amazing. that was my bass. That was my baby, you know. Yeah. Um, Who was that bass player that you saw rip that tune? Okay. So crazy thing is, I don't, I can't even tell you his whereabouts or where he's at. Wow. Or even what his name is. It's just one of the things it's like, yo, like some superhero or something it. just showed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Sent from I, God. I, I wish I could come in contact with him, let him know like how much he's literally changed the game for me. You know? Right. He's, he's, if ultimately he, he's the reason why I play bass now. So once you, once you, uh, sort of grab gravitated toward the bass and started playing were there any other players that really influenced you that you were like just mesmerized by absolutely you know uh a lot of times we can we can think of like like a lot of the greats those that are out there that have a platform and all that kind of stuff but man just as much as i i i uh I definitely try. I bring light to the the ones that inspired me in that in that light with the platform. There's the ones that are in my local area, you know, growing up. Like so, I had some of the the bigger homies. Uh, a guy I, I name drops. A guy we used to call him Shakespeare. Uh, he was like a big bro to me. Uh, he's one that I man looked up to. He was a bass player as well. You okay. know him. Uh, it's another. It's, it's a couple other guys local guys you know what i'm saying growing up yeah. in a neighborhood that that were doing what i wanted to do you know okay. there are good bass players and such yeah. and, and what have you so yeah there there's a few of those that definitely changed the game for me how did you make the transition from from church music to secular music um well i there was like layers to this you know like um you reach one level, you catapult to the next, to the next, however, like that. So that I think that was it for me. Uh, I made a switch from being at church or my parents mm-hmm. to where it's like, yo, I needed to make a change for me. Otherwise, I won't grow musically. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where I felt. I felt like I was at a crossroad. And I'm like, mm, I, it's, a choice got to be made now. If I, if I want to think about my future or where I want this music thing to go for me. Mm-hmm. I had to make the switch. I had to make a change. So that's when it all started. Um, and then it went from that to word of mouth or however, and start playing with different artists and whatever like that. Yeah. Um, and then just always trying to reach like new levels in, 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 in that, you know, it went from playing in church to, okay, now I'm playing for this particular artist or that artist or however, now I'm traveling and doing this and such or whatever. Um, you know, so that's pretty much that. I always said to myself, you know, I didn't want to just be this type of musician or like just living myself to just doing this. Like I wanted to be able to do this, 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 and this, you know? And so I, you know, mm-hmm. when I got into my little season of doing top 40s, you know, just gigging every night doing this, you know, it was a fun season for me too, doing that. And I felt like, oh, okay, cool. This is a good way to brush up on my covers and, uh, yeah. and all what have you. you, know? So it was, yeah. it was, I always felt like every season that I've been placed in, uh-huh. you know, helped mold me as a musician. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, if you want to start playing rock music, what do you do? Well, let's start familiarizing 
the understanding of the different nuances for rock music or country music, if that's what your cup of tea is, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, or where yeah. you're trying to head, you know, you want to prep yourself. And, and so that's why I feel like I've, I've always tried to do that and just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I didn't want to just be a musician that plays at church, no offense or not to anyone that loves that, yeah. you know, but I said to myself, I want to be able to do this and adapt to this element or this environment. You get what I'm saying? So, very, very smart. Uh, yeah. So that, that's, that's pretty much that. What did you study? Did you go to school for music or, or were you? <laughs> um, it's been, it's always been a dream of mine to like go to Berkeley, uh-huh. uh, but I've never been, I've never went, never. Uh, the only schooling that I have with pertaining music, like I remember when I was first getting ready to go in, yeah. you know, it was, I, I didn't know for exactly what, I wanted to do musically, but so it's like, okay, let's go for music production, yada, yada. And shortly after is when I get a phone call about an audition to do this Miley Cyrus hit. Uh. And that's how, when that came about. Yeah. So it was like, uh, when people ask me about schooling, no, I think the name of the game is just, you got to sit there and think and, and question yourself. What exactly do I see myself doing? What is it do, do, that, that I want to do? What is it I want to do with my with, with my uh, musical abilities or what role am I trying to step into? Do you want to start scoring? Do you want to do film scoring? Or do you want to just play in church? Or do you want to just play, you know, be a bar musician and, and play different stuff? If that's, that's cool. Like Orlando, this is a great market for it too. You know, is it's it? a lot oh, of cool. different spots to, you know. I always wondered that actually, um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's this tourist area, so it's a lot of, uh, a lot of different things. It's, um, music, music scenes. You know what I'm saying? Every every restaurant wants a, a band. You know, so it's a lot of it's a lot of work out here too in that regard. Cool. But um, but yeah, it's just just make a decision on what exactly you want you see yourself doing. You know, and then application. You know, uh, so yourself approved. Like seek ask questions, you know, get surrounded with people doing better than you are or what it is that you want to do in that regard. You know, if yeah. you're, if it's learning bass and playing or if it's, you want to tour, let's find out, get some uh, conversations going with those who toured before. Who yeah. was your first pop gig? Oh, my first pop gig actually was Miley Cyrus. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. that And that actually was, uh, 2006. It's a cool story, by the way. Uh, just one of my peers, musician peers here, uh, hit me up one day. It was like, Frank, there's an audition going on here in Orlando. And so at the time, I didn't know who A, Miley Cyrus was, and B, I didn't know who Hannah Montana was. Because Hannah Montana is a kid's show, but you know, Miley got to grow up. Right. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, Miley was stepping in that artistry, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so that's how that went down, okay. you know, wasn't even looking for it, but that was, and that was my very first top gig. Right. You know, it was definitely cool. Yeah. It was like, wow, I definitely wasn't, I didn't see this coming. It didn't, yeah. I didn't see it coming, but what I did was I applied, I, I went and did my part. I went to the audition, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. just did my part, hoping for something good to come out of it. Sure enough, two and a half weeks later, I get a phone call from Penbright. Hey, you auditioned for the Molly Cyrus hit. Uh, we liked you and would love to see if you'd be interested. Yada, yada. I said, okay, let's go. All right. Um, so, yeah. 
Boom. Easy as that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right on. Cool man. experience. Learned a whole lot from it and just stuff to take on to the next hit, you know, next gig, next show. What do you think was the most important thing that you took from that? Honestly, um, that showed me how important it is to stay rooted and grounded, like mentally. It's a real thing. We could do all we do on our instruments. Mm -hmm. But listen, to those listening to this, like, please, like, it's more to this than just what you do on your instrument. You know, you got to be rooted and grounded. Like, you have to st stand for something, you know, mm -hmm. moral beliefs and what, all that kind of stuff. Like, people, I could see why our musicians, like, the general statement, I could see why anyone can get caught up um, and lose sight of why they do what they do. You know what I'm saying? Um, and lose a gig or just get caught. You know, certain things just cause you to, uh, well, you're missing flights now. You're not being on time. You're not this, you're not that. And that's what I mean by that. You know, so seeing that basically in a nutshell, to see the attention that, that you draw, you know what I'm saying? Like to see all the, you know, all the lights and all the things that come with it. You know what I'm saying? Is for some that can't handle that, you know, it can be, it can be overwhelming. Um, so it, it helped me to see that side, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm able to speak on it just, you know, based off experience. Right. Um, so definitely it's one of those things I'm definitely grateful to have, um, went through it and experienced and see it firsthand. You know, I think it's important. It's Absolutely. very important. That's a lot of truth right there. What and how do you practice now? Um, so now first thing is intentionality. Now, when I practice, like I have to really be intentional because it's easy to just pick up the instrument and revert to what you're comfortable and you're used to doing. Mm -hmm. You know, we all are space players. We have that thing that we do. It's a it's a thing. Uh, yeah. we can't shake it off. As soon as I pick up my instrument, it's like I, I, I go to what I know how to do. Right. Right. So now when I practice. To see growing up back in the day, you know, we used to kind of play to the radio, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like anything we heard, a little joint yeah. on the radio, it's like, yo, let's let's do it. Let's Man, vibe to it. I, I'm gonna interrupt you because yeah. watching watching your videos, um your your counter melodies to a lot of those things that you play to are so beautiful. And every time I see them, I'm just blown away. I'm like, oh my God, that's everything that you're playing just perfectly fits but wow. it's different wow, so God. so honestly yeah yeah i cheers, appreciate cheers that. To yeah, you I that. Just, yeah expression you know it's just an expression i think yeah that's what's cool, what makes music cool because you could just listen to a person's phrase and just and just kind of know where they're coming from yeah. or just and just that's and just look at it and say wow listen to it and be like yeah this is their approach this is their expression Mm -hmm. to music you know it's like wow this is so cool man so i um that's that's pretty much how i see that you know um music well, is just amazing in that manner one thing i love about music and one thing i love about punk rock mm -hmm. yep is is the recklessness of it where you're you're not afraid to go there Right. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But you're there. Right. And, and the intention exactly. is there. And, right. and when you, when you're playing, you're just going there. 
to these different places. So anyway, yeah. yes. Yep. Good yep. job on that. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you learn and retain music? So I'm no, I'm not a singer, right? But I love vocals. I love, I love like the header. I love the melody. I love that main part, part of the song, you know, what makes the song. So I like sax players, saxophone players, you know, when they have to play the header and they have to play, it's like, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So I actually mimic a lot of that on my bass playing. That's why every now and then when you hear me play, you'll see me break into a vocal line or mm -hmm. lead line and do exactly what they're singing because I just feel like it's beautiful to just step in and out of it and do it here and there and whatever, right? Music, just expression, mm -hmm. blank canvas, and we paint our own pictures, right? Um, so, yeah, retaining, man, um, <clears throat> I find it's it's – I find it a good, helpful tool to find landmarks in the songs, you know, or something that helps me to, to, to connect with and relate with the song that I'm playing, you know, and remember where I'm at. So a lot of times the chorus or hook rather, whatever you want to call it, is going to be what I want to make sure I know very well, you know, hey, let's just do the hook. Let's just do the chorus. And then it's like, okay, cool. Let's see what the verses are talking about. Um, what's happening there lyrically, you know, something like that, perhaps. Okay. Um, and then it's like, I find it, e I find it easier to retain these, this, the songs when I find some bit of a connection with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So okay. when I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, let me see what the mood is. Let me like, I do all of this because I need to find a way to retain 40 to 50 songs. You so know you're, what not, I'm you're not like, just listening to the baseline and trying to learn just the line. No, let me tell you, I don't know. I did that and it actually was a disservice to me because it's like I got confused at one point about like a guitar line or something was happening. I'm like, yo. So then I started switching it up. I'm like, you know what? I want to hear and try to understand what everyone else's role is in this to see what's happening because, okay, the bass is doing this line here. It's happening like this because this is happening like that. That's happening like that because that other instrument is doing this. So it's like, okay, because I understand that. So it's like, it makes it easier to retain why the bass player did this and slid to an open note or whatever. So it's like, okay, I'm understanding the wow moment of this song. So it's different avenues, different approaches. Um, and you just got to find the one that works best for you. You yeah. know, I know musicians that that they're like, I'm I'm big on lyrics or melody, so that would helps me. Okay. So maybe that's what it is that helps you to retain and understand your part in the song and what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta just try a few different things to see what works best for you. Got it. Right? Yeah, right on. Um, I know you play key bass a lot. Um yes. how, how important do you think it is to be able to play key bass for the stuff that you yeah. do? Uh, okay. I'm going to answer it like this for the stuff that I do. And I would just say just for generally, the, yeah. you know, in general too, yeah. for the stuff that I do, uh, if I throw in to play key bass, it's just a thing of, let me just throw in uh, another element, another sweet element into the mix and just do that. Now, do I find it important to also, if you're a bass player, if you're a professional bass player, do I find it important to, 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 to have some bit of an idea with key bass? Yes. If you're depending on the gig that you're trying to, you know, go to, to, 
to execute mm-hmm. and, and do, um, you know, our R and B hit pop hit, you know, synth bass is very important, you know? And so I think it, you, it's an, you'll have an advantage knowing how to play synth bass. I think it's very, um, uh, beneficial. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not going to say if you don't know how to play synth bass, you can't work out there. That's not what I'm saying, but it's very, right. But it's very beneficial. Let me tell you, listeners, it's just another tool, right? In your your pocket. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You know, it's just like, if you're a bass player, you may not be the best at soloing or improvising. Right. But you don't need to know how to do that to, to, to work out there. But if you're stepping into the role of, okay, you know what? We're going to be playing at jazz tastings or, or this, and you're having to play header then yeah, you may want to start getting used to improvising and soloing, you mm-hmm. know, whatever, you know, just to, I, I, I like to call it established um, uh, facility. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's just, man, I learned all this tapping stuff from Victor Wooten and all this kind of stuff. Do I play it in church? Absolutely not. And a <laughs> lot of my gigs, no, I can't do half that right. on there, but it allowed my, my fingers to be flexible, uh, uh, endurance, you know right. what I'm saying? Like it's you do you you do yourself good service doing that. Mm-hmm. Just being able to be well equipped and prepare for whatever. Here's the question. How close can you get? Say you didn't have your synth with you. You okay. only had your bass, but you need to do you need to mimic a synth line on the bass to get it as close as possible, sounding and feeling to mm-hmm. to, to get the gig done. So how do you approach that? What would you use? Uh, if I'm looking for like a sign bass type thing, you know, maybe I'll kind of give that upright approach on the bass, you know, and it's a combination of how I'm playing my bass mm-hmm. positioning and whether I'm rolling off my highs, mids or whatever it is to mimic that, to come close to that tone that we're trying to execute sonically. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some pedals and stuff out there too that you can mess with, you know, maybe mess around with some fuzz or 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 some distortion type pedals or or something to tweak. You got to do what you got to do. Or like octave, like I love the MXR vintage pedal that I have. Yeah, you know that octave joint. It's incredible, and I tweak it in a way where it's like it's not overbearing, but it's like just enough. So it's like be with with a combination of that and how I'm playing my bass. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I can I, I can come close to you know some nice either round warm tones or something with a little bit more resonance or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, in that what, regard. What are the differences in the way that you approach the part to, to, to pull it off on the bass? Uh, so maybe it might be like just where I'm strumming my bass, you know, maybe you want to strum off on the fretboard or okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, yeah. The tension on the bass, you got to know the different part, the different, the different spots mm-hmm. on, on the bass from the, from the bridge to, to the neck, you know what I'm saying? So you're messing around with it, you can you can you can get some different tones, man. Cool. Yeah. That's or awesome. or maybe it may it may require some muting, palming. You know, you just gotta figure out what um what works best. Okay. Yes, sir. Very cool. I know you've worked with um the great Fred Hammond. How was yes. that? How was that? Amazing. I was nervous at first because I know I've heard things. I've heard, I know he's a bass player and I know he's very particular about his music, like most artists. Um, but 
he's very particular about his music, you know, <laughs> and he, he knows what he needs to hear, yeah, what he wants to hear, what he loves, you know, what he enjoys. So it's pretty much just finding you ever, your, you ever your get that place. look like, what are you doing? <laughs> actually, actually, surprisingly, after almost seven years playing for him now. Yeah. I've, I've been told, Hey, you can, can you dial back a little bit? Okay. You know, can, can you, can you dial back a little bit? What does that mean? I'm like, Oh, okay. what oh does dial mean? back me. Dial back means, um, let's, 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 let's simplify it a little bit. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Let's, okay. let's simplify it a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, it could, it's, People take that and they, they, they take it the wrong way. But no, here's the thing. I could have done that very same thing the night before and he was cool with it. <laughs> and then the next night, it's the same thing. And it's like, well, okay, no, let's dial back. It's, it's a, if on a night tonight, you know, some things may feel different. Right. You know, it may feel different. It may, it may be, man, tonight, man, that was everything we needed. And then this next night, it's like, mm, actually, they don't even need that. Let's uh so how do you, let's do so, it without the special. So how do you approach gauging what's needed and when, aside from him telling honest, you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, how are you honestly, feeling? Honest, honestly, it's the it's a trust thing. It's like he trusts me as a bass player. Like at this point now, it's like, okay, I don't really need to tell Frank much of anything. If I do, it's either let me bring this to your attention. Because I don't think you may have caught it or whatever the case may be or whatever his reasoning is, yeah. you know, but either way, I, he allows me to still be me. Oh, OK, good. You know what I'm saying? He yeah. allows me to be me. So he get, um, does he give you latitude yeah. to to interpret the music at all or do you need to play exactly? What's yeah, no, on? absolutely. There's okay. plenty of times where I'm like, yo, uh, what you think it is? Let's can we do it like this? And he's like, hmm, yeah, you know what? Let's do it like that. Or he'd be like, mm, nah, let's let's do it like this. Uh, give me this or give me your version of this. Okay. He'll let me know, okay, this is what I'm thinking, but I want the Frank version of that. I got you. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, either way, it's a cool place to be. You know, it's a cool place to be. It's an honor actually, because I grew up listening to Fred music. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? What, uh, yeah. Uh, it, has there been a highlight moment working with him? Like whether it's a show or that you can think of? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, uh, probably the first tour we've done, yeah. okay. I think, because that, because first off, that was my very first tour. Yeah. And oh, so really, okay. That, so, so, so there's an emotional attachment to that, you know? Um, I think it was just great. Just, just being able to say, wow he trusts me enough to be able to do and make, and do this tour, this run with him, you know? So like, I think that was like a big highlight moment for me. Um, and then the other one really was just cause he didn't have to, but you know, just, just, uh, you know, just giving accolades, just, just showing appreciation, you know, some, someone in, of his caliber, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. He's had a whole, he had nothing but great play behind him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so um, to be amongst that is it's a it's a it's a nice feeling, you know, and I, I definitely don't take that for granted. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Yes, um, sir. What what gear do you use and why? Um, 
so I'm a bass mods artist. Um, uh, I love bass mods. It's worked for me. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I also I got my signature bass through bass mod. You know, oh, cool. so we worked out. Cool. We worked out a nice cool piece. And um, and is it's it like great. A, is it like a jazz bass. Um, it's definitely jazz bass. Yeah, I'm okay. definitely a jazz bass kind of guy. Okay. Um, and so I'm pretty much playing five string most of the time. Mm-hmm. Now then a lot of my videos you'll probably see I'm playing a four string or what have you, but that's just to have fun and just always keep up with learning my fretboard more, you know, just like to be more com- comfortable with it. And it's just always cool to switch it up. Right. Even if it's just a switch up thing for you, you know, it is for me in that regard, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. and as far as bass rig, um, I'm a GK artist. So it's GK all day. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I like, uh, I, I have the Neo 410, um, at the crib with the legacy 800 amp head. Oh yeah. But, um, on the road, I played the 412 Neos a lot, and, which is great. 412 with maybe a 1001 RB uh, or a 2001, mm-hmm. um, or what have you, or even the fusion 550. So, um, yeah, it's got to be. Give me GK. Give me Galley and Kruger. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Aside from aside from the MXR uh, vintage octave, um, mm-hmm. using the other effects. Yeah, I actually just got hit to this chorus effect by MXR. To um, I don't want to quote it wrong, but it's a uh, it's this um, chorus pedal. Okay. Uh, it's pretty sweet. It's got a chorus and flange effect, flanger effect. You know. And so I'm just kind of messing around with it, fooling around with it. Uh, and then I was a big, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a big octaves guy, you know. Um, so I also have the Boss OC3 or whatever. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And um, yeah, so okay. that's pretty much that. I haven't used a whole lot of other pedals, but um, but yeah. I'm, and I'm, but I'll say this, I'm definitely getting into it more, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much shopping around. I got Looking you. to see what different, yeah. I love playing with pedals, man. I'm like a kid in a nice. candy store. <laughs> nice, nice. Especially the yeah. dirt. I love dirt. I feel you. Um, what about strings? So strings, uh, I'm a Dunlop guy. I've been lately. I've been using the the Marcus Miller signature strings gauges from 45 to 125. The stainless and I just stainless steel. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. Stainless and. Um, and it, and it works good. It works good for me, you know, for what I do. Uh-huh. Um, I like them. I don't like a super big B string, which I, so that 125 is just like a sweet spot. It's perfect. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And so I've been using that, uh, that, that type of string for, for a while now. Right on. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, what's next for you? Uh, well, a couple of different things. I'm, you know, still just trying to, uh, progress in my musical journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, to, to continue and help be a voice to even the up and coming one generation coming up, you know, I want to, uh, to make impact, you know, and that's always kind of been my thing, uh, to make impact versus just impressing folk and what have you. And so. Um, if it's through music that it, it'll happen, you know, to, to help change a life, um, for the better or whatever, or maybe help someone to even 
further get further along in their musical journey. However, um, I also instruct. You know, I teach you oh, know, very cool. when I'm able okay. to, yeah. and and I love that. But anything to help somebody else progress, like I'm all for it. I love to inspire folk, and so I feel like you know I'm placed on this earth to be able to make a difference and impact people. If it's just through my instrument or vocally. You know what I'm saying? Like for yeah. stuff like this yeah. podcast, you know, it's, I think it's cool. People like to hear experiences. Um, people want to hear the story, you know, give the people the story, yeah, give man. it to them, let them, let them hear, you know, how you came about from point A to point B to C, you know, um, mm-hmm. and what have you. So a couple of different things. I have some business ventures that I'm, I'm after uh, some uh, non music related mm-hmm. uh, and some music related, you know, uh, and I'll say this too, um, when you ask what's next, um, and I'm currently in this season now, I just released my signature bass. You know, that's been a dream of mine. Um, I always felt like, man, you know what? One day I'm going to have my very own signature bass. Congratulations. You know and sure enough, Bass Mods, Rob, thanks to Rob over at Bass Mods, you know, we partnered up and we worked out something. And now the FB5 is out. Boom. It's out. Five streams. That's awesome. (laughs) That's very cool, man. Um, Well, you're definitely a positive light, brother. And I appreciate you so much. Um, Thank you, John. Any last words for uh, all the players out there and listeners out there? Yes, absolutely. There's always, there will always be. Um, Stay true to to yourself. Uh, Never lose sight of why. Never lose sight of the why, why you, why you play, you know, why you do what you do on your instrument, um, the passion, the love, the zeal, you know, don't lose it. Um, despite what's happening, you know, don't lose it because then you set yourself up for disappointment. And then it's like, now you, you, you start to second guess this music thing, you know, don't lose sight of it. Um, and stay surrounded by positivity. You know what I'm saying? Stay surrounded by that. Keep your head on straight so you can focus. As creators, we need that. We owe that to ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, sometimes we wonder why we're Rogers block or something shut uh, and why that very much may happen every now and then. Uh, sometimes we need to um, question, you know, what's happening around us and what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So teach their own. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you, like music is a beautiful thing. It's our universal language. You know what I'm saying? So let's make great, let's make great use of it. Let's make great use of it. Let's be stewards of, you know, as individuals and, and musicians, you know what I'm saying? Let's, let's, let's keep this music thing alive. Yes, sir. Great advice. Uh, where can people find you online and, and all that? Yes. Okay. So, um, my name is Frank Bruno, um, F R A N K B R U N O T. I'm on Facebook by that name. Um, my Instagram handle is Frank B day, F R A N K B D A Y. Um, yeah. You have a YouTube page as well, right? Yes, I do. I'm sorry. Yes. If you put Frank Bruno and you search Frank Bruno, you'll see my channel. Very cool. Everybody check that out. And, uh, thank you for listening in the base freaks podcast. Stay healthy, spread love, spread joy, kindness, and good vibes and inspiration. And remember you got this. Follow your path, whatever it may be, and just play. As always, a huge thank you to Dunlop for making this show possible. Make sure you check out the Bass Freaks podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Until next time, cheers. <laughs>